Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex, and despite a delay, we've arrived at episode 414. I'm Keith. I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. How are you guys? Wait. <laughs> it's because we're sitting out of order today. That <laughs> <laughs> totally wasn't right. <laughs> nope, it totally wasn't. Uh, we're not going to do it again. We're just going no, to we're 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 acknowledge just the fact that we are recording at Sean's house this week, and so we have been forced to set in a different order. And I just completely went out of turn based on the fact of where I was sitting. Hi, you're, MTV Cribs. Welcome to my house. You're right, Sean. It does happen to do with where you sit. It's it's totally, totally into that. So. I'm not crazy. I thought you were. You're, you're, you are <laughs> you crazy. Are just you're reasons. just for just different reasons. Oh, well, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I could get used to this, though. I'm sitting in the corner of the couch here, and it's quite comfortable. Yeah, so. this, this couch is pretty comfy. So how are you guys? been a couple weeks it has been a couple weeks yeah <laughs> we should apologize we've had some illnesses yeah. and some technical issues so yes unfortunately the plague came down in our household and Gemma got very sick uh with when she caught the norovirus and a strain of e coli <sighs> we don't know where do you guys do anything fun in the uh long interim between recordings I obviously didn't do much. It's been so long. Too much I sickness. I don't well, remember. Well, one of us went to a uh, fairly major yeah, was, sports ball. I was saving that because I was going to try to think of everything chronologically because that oh. I could remember because it was just a few <laughs> days ago. I got a couple movies in. <laughs> What'd you watch? I watched Crazy Rich Asians. How was it? It was rather enjoyable. I it's haven't seen of, that one yet. I think it's kind of your standard romantic comedy, but I thought it was a lot. I and as someone who doesn't really tend to enjoy those as much, I liked it. And then I watched uh, Christopher Robin. And? It was good. It was, wasn't it? it it's melancholy. It's kind of... It do, it's not until, you know, they're off to try to rescue P- Christopher Robin or save Christopher Robin that the movie really, I think, really shows its heart that of what it could have been. But I think the cast was phenomenal. We went and saw The Mule, hmm. which is very good. It's probably one of the best films of the year. Wow. Despite... Being one of those movies that you know only has three endings. Do you remember your stuff chronologically? No, I don't remember a darn thing I watched all week. Um, but I, I'll go ahead and go to the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my dad and I went to the uh, uh, Colts and uh, Chiefs game in Kansas City at Arrowhead St- Stadium on Saturday. Uh, watched the first game of the championship playoff. Watched Kansas City beat Indianapolis, breaking that curse. Woo! Um, we had really great seats. Um, Nice. And uh, we were back up underneath the awning, so where the, <laughs> Even better. the upper deck comes out about maybe a quarter of the way out over the um, field level seats, and so we didn't get snowed on at all while we were up there because it snowed the entire game in Kansas City. Now, <laughs> towards the end, it was a real, real light snow, but it was a good game. We really enjoyed it and had a lot of fun. It took about an hour and a half to get out of the parking lot. <laughs> oh yeah, there and back is. Um, it was a lot louder than uh, than the RCA dome in the, in Indianapolis, wasn't it? I don't know. I didn't go to the RCA Dome in Indianapolis. That was that was Gen Con that I didn't go. Oh, that's to. right. You didn't go to Gen Con. This, did you? I, this is my this was my first NFL well, game. You just missed out everything, didn't you? <laughs> I did. Okay. I'll shut up now. <laughs> yeah. If 
if it makes you feel yeah, like... my friends used to go to football games because <laughs> they, and, and, and without me they didn't think I liked football and and I'm not a huge sports fan I'm not making any sort of grand you know gestures here that I love sports I don't but I do enjoy NFL football I, I, to I go to a thing yeah I want and I watch it I watch it occasionally at you, home you're the one who does fantasy football yeah I do fantasy football I don't you know I I I think I've got this you know most guys get this stigma of being sports nuts I've got this stigma of not liking sports at all but. If it um, makes you feel any better, <laughs> but they in would go. They'd, they'd go off to these games all the time and have a great time. Never invited me, and I'm sure it's because they thought I didn't like football. I never said anything. If, if it makes you feel any better, in my head, you were always there. <laughs> Apparently, so I, you I, thought I, I went to. I've convinced myself you, you thought I went to Gen Con that year with you guys. <laughs> no, I, I I didn't invite you because they weren't my tickets. So I, I <laughs> if I got an invite, it was like, yeah, I'll go. But, <laughs> But congratulations to our Chiefs. We hope that uh, we have listeners out there who are pulling for them. I imagine there may be two of you in the New England area who are not, but uh, <laughs> I, I think probably the majority of America is probably not leaning toward the Patriots this week. So, Did you guys do anything else this week? Uh, I just remembered that I also watched the omnibus version of Genesis of the Daleks on the Blu-ray. The omnibus edition, That's you say? what it's called on the menu, Glenn. Oh, really? The omnibus edition. I'm sorry, can you say that one more time for the old guy over here in the corner that can't quite hear so good? The omnibus edition? Don't have Sean syndrome. I have always acknowledged no, no. that this copy on this disc is called the omnibus. It is an omnibus version because they have sewn it together and they've cut pieces out. There was never an omnibus version before that, this. Yeah. I... Quit. <laughs> You're my only saving grace that this guy's nuts. I can't speak for if there was a previous omnibus version. I didn't that's, know I watched That's one. the only thing I have argued is that there was, he did never watch an omnibus version that, that maybe KT. They were all ominous. Maybe KT. Well, what was the KTPK? What, what's the KCPT? KCPT. KCPT. Kansas City Public Television. I think the other one's the one I watched that I just rattled off that I never can remember. Um, <laughs> uh, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they may have put their own together, but there was never over an official, an official on the yeah. version of... Uh, well, now that, there is. So. Well, was, yeah. Yes, there impressed. is, and they made it for the disc. Well, I... Or did they make... Or the, the probably for the, the or theatrical for the presentation. Or did they just air the thea- the one they made for the? Disc I, I suspect the they probably made it to put on the on the Blu-ray. Yeah, Was there a and then they clam? decided to add it to the theater. No. So. Oh well, then it's not the omnibus edition. There was one sewer scene. <laughs> there was I, one I, what? There was only one sewer scene. Sewer scene. I I honestly wasn't that impressed by. Were the you movie. missing the clam? <laughs> I was. The, I felt like the pacing was just way off. It felt far too rushed, and it. <laughs> There were times where I know the story, and I was confused of who was who and what was going on. Maybe I was because I was sick, but I'm gonna blame it on the editing. Uh-huh. Is it? Is it that? Was it 90 minutes? Yeah, an hour 25. Oh, well then that's not so 85 minutes. It was nearly 90 minutes. Yeah, oh, nearly. Well, okay, that's probably yeah, that's the one. The, that we it's saw. the one. Yeah. yeah. Did, did we you, no, I didn't, go, didn't go with you to that either. either. <laughs> no. So regardless, from now on out, I'll be watching the. I have a feeling that's why he's such good friends with me. He thinks we go everywhere together. (laughs) He thinks I'm at everything he's at. Are you sure you're just not a figment of his imagination? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe I am. (laughs) Maybe you're his Tyler Durden. (laughs) This whole podcast is happening in the confines of my brain. (laughs) 
which has now created a saying elsewhere because it's eliminated like 10 other things in fandom that don't exist either. But fortunately, we're on the same P schedule as Michael Jaston, so. That's right. Wait, I am, not you. Well, I am, I am by default. By default. Oh, okay. So. There you go. I got you. I got you. Let's move on to news. All right, we start with some rather somber news. W. Morgan Shepard has passed away. That is Aww. Mark Shepard's father, and who played Canton Everett Delaware the third, the older version. Yes. In uh, the two-parter, Impossible Day Astronaut moon. Day of the Moon. He was only in Day of the No, he was at the end of he Impossible was the... Astronaut. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, no. No, he was at the, the beginning, beginning of an impossible. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh he passed away at the age of 86. Well, that's a that's that's a certainly a uh, long-lived life and uh sad for his family and friends, but um he'll be remembered. Going to miss his voice. Yeah. Next bit of news, War Di- Yeah. War Master <laughs> volume coming up. Rage of the Time Lords is going to feature the Eighth Doctor. Paul McGann and Derek Jac- and Derek Derek uh, Jacoby is the uh, yeah. master, the war master. So together, finally, at last. I almost said Jacoby. I <laughs> almost I, fell into our own. That's why way. I just let you take over. It's his Jacoby. Name. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Jacoby. So that's really awesome. That's coming out eventually. Jacoby does not sound British. <laughs> I think it sounds more British than Jacoby. No, Jacoby's totally classier. Coming up in March 13th, you can go see Legopolis on the big screen ahead of the Blu-ray release. That's the one you should have let Glenn read. Yeah, that'll be one of those Fathom... Uh, <laughs> that's a, why I didn't die. That's why I didn't. Uh, that's one of those Fathom... In it. I, think, I can't I, say Fathom. <laughs> it's one of those Fathom... It's, it, it, right Legopolis can, isn't even the one I can't say. It's Castrovalva that I always had trouble with. We always Legopolis. do this. No, I mean, it's, it's Castrovalva. I always do it. Uh, you can get tickets right now through. No, I Adam. Mean, we always do this dance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and a bunch of tickets in a bunch of theaters throughout uh, the U.S. and I believe the U.K. One day only, March thirteenth. March thirteenth. No real details on what the that'll be during the week. So how we'll they're it. its runtime is an hour and fifty-five minutes. So I'm assuming they're just airing it as a whole, including a making of Legopolis. So it's an omnibus version. No, I'm assuming it's with credits. What? How long is it? Hour fifty-five. Oh yeah, no, it would be. They're probably because even with the making thing. of, that's probably included. Yeah, yeah. All four segments. All four parts. One day to get your tickets. I don't know if I'd want to see Tom fall off that radio tower on the big screen. That's, <laughs> that's traumatic enough. Yeah, take some Kleenex with you. <laughs> Uh, if you haven't been watching already, just a reminder that Twitch is doing another classic Doctor Who marathon. Going until January twenty fifth, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. They don't have they at least last night when I checked, they didn't have the schedule from the twenty first to the twenty fifth up yet. It's a, oh, I had the date, but now I lost. It's it. still just in the <laughs> afternoons, isn't it? Still, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. Instead of airing three times this time, it's only airing twice. Right. Ten a.m. and six p.m. GMT. It's funny on uh, I don't know what. what the weekend that it started, I, of course, logged on to Twitch right in the middle of the get across the chasm in the Daleks. <laughs> I thought, of course. Well, of course. I love, I love the Daleks. I, it, it's, yes, it's a, it's a long, complicated, drawn out, slow story at times. 
but I, I, I was like, oh, this is great. I'll, I'll watch this. You know, and, and, and my least favorite part is where I logged <laughs> on. It's, it's like, oh, come on. This is my luck. And then our last bit of news, if you haven't already watched, the very first episode of Tardis Sauce has hit the feeds on YouTube. Yep, Sci-Fi for Me partnership that we're doing on their YouTube channel, and they also uh, uh, run it uh, once on their Twitch Speaking channel of Twitch. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we've actually we did uh, what we called episode zero, and uh, it's uh, an interview the four uh, the the four of us the three of us and uh, Richard um, Tim. Sorry. Timothy Harvey. Timothy Harvey. Richard. Where did I get Richard from? Timothy Harvey, who is the uh, one of our co-hosts. Um, he he actually is with Sci-Fi for me, and he does a, a lot of other programs over there. Um, so check out their YouTube channel. But uh, we got to interview Andrew Carmel. Yeah. For um, uh, episode zero, so you can find that on the uh, Sci-Fi for Me uh, channel, and I think we've got a link uh, from our Facebook page to, yeah. to help you get there. So if you go to our Facebook and look for that. Friend of the show, Andrew Cartmel. Yes. Yeah, it was nice to... Uh, you guys got to interview him at Galley however long ago. I didn't. That was the year Sean went by himself. Don't both you, you always go together? Oh, yeah. We always go together, yeah. <laughs> of course I was there. I remember it. Met him in person. You must have been in the bathroom with Michael Jason. So it was great to, to talk to him. It was great to He's talk to him. He's just the nicest guy. He really is. Uh, there's one more episode in the can that will be dropping on Wednesday, and Keith, because he's been ill, was not yeah. able to join us, but uh, Sean and I and uh, Richard, no, Tim, <laughs> uh, talked about a little bit about the new series. So uh, I think that drops Wednesday on next YouTube. Wednesday. It's, it, we're, we're releasing on an every other week schedule. Okay, so next Wednesday. Anyway, look for that on the uh, Sci-Fi For Me uh, YouTube channel. That's Sci-Fi, number four, me, all one word. Yeah. So. It's the easiest way to search for it. That's and it for news. Up next is feedback. Highly wrote feedback about season 11. <laughs> Highly wrote feedback about season 11. I was going to sing, but then nothing happened. <laughs> we got sick glitches and more. 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 It's a poor excuse. We just hope that you're not sore. <laughs> she wrote so much feedback about every ep this year. Lots of words describing hopes and dreams and fears. And then I forgot to sing... Causing no small stream of tears. <laughs> we got sick glitches and more. 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 It's a poor excuse. I just hope that you're not sore. <laughs> yeah. Very nice. Very, very I think nice. that was worth the wait. Don't yeah, you think that was worth the wait? Yeah. Hopefully Holly feels the same way. I hope so. <laughs> so there you go, Holly. He has come through That's right. with his promise to you. Jazz hands. And uh, <laughs> if anybody else wants him to sing, go ahead and send in feedback, and uh, we'll try to figure out a way to get him to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep asking. Always enjoying it. I'm glad you do it. Yeah, That's me too. Fun. Our first bit of feedback came from Daniel on Twitter. He tweeted us to uh, in response to our Christmas episode and uh, Celestial Toymaker. 
saying, Nice, just listen to the podcast episode of this story. I think the Toymaker was originally written with the idea of being a Time Lord, though later stories like the Quantum Archangel would indeed say he was a Guardian. The Crystal Guardian. Ah. Yeah. That'll be interesting when we when we read that. Um, and I think we had talked about him being an, an Eternal, possibly, and I remember you had even brought up that you kind of felt like maybe this was originally going to be him written as a time lord uh that, that the doctor would meet up with somebody else from his uh race and so there you go spot on i'm not yeah. the only one our next bit of feedback feedback comes from jameson jameson writes tangential rant fodder and feedback replies <laughs> Hello, Vortexers. Until I hear otherwise, I'll keep this opening. Before I get to my replies to your comments on my last letter, let me ask a few other questions. At the time of writing this first half, I've gotten confirmation that you've received my feedback but have not heard it. This will be a rather long one, so give it your best reader. Aw, I got to read it. (laughs) There's not really a direct line to cause of effect in these comments. They're more of a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I've stuck them together in a semblance of order with new comments in one section and replies to your replies in another. I've com- Oh, here I go. <clears throat> I've composed this over several days, and it encompasses your episodes 40 through 43. <laughs> As such, I tend to jump all over the place and comment across a broad spectrum of thoughts, subjects, and tangents. Yeah, we do that too. Yeah. I apologize if you get confused in places. Hopefully, my replies to your replies for this feedback will make a little more sense. First, as I finished your coverage on the key to time season... Okay, let me reset my brain now. (laughs) Let me comment on it. I heard that you were aware of the Big Finish Key 2 Time trilogy starring Peter Davidson as the Fifth Doctor. We've yet to get to it. 117 through 119 in their main monthly range. We're getting close, though, aren't we? We are. They're good stories with the first one, The Judgment of Iskar, being my favorite of the bunch. The Seventh Doctor's Hunt for the Key is in a comic. I haven't read it. Sorry. You mentioned that you guys were getting a little tired of Tom Baker. I know the feeling. I've just finished City of Death, and am halfway through Creature from the Pit in my watch-through, and am overjoyed that I only have a season and a half of Tom Baker left. Nothing against his doctor, I'm just ready for something different. The Key to Time series, while ambitious, isn't always the best Doctor Who has to offer. Oh, oh, okay. He's Sorry. in a rewatch. Uh, yeah, and but I was thinking, why would we say we're getting tired of Tom? But we because we did all of Key of Time all together. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, of the six stories, I really enjoyed Stones of Blood more than I thought I would. The prison guard yeah. twinkly lights on the ship were hysterical. <laughs> Power of Kroll was my least favorite, but it wasn't terrible. Armageddon Factor was okay, but definitely could have been shortened to four episodes. I enjoyed Ribos Operation and Terra much more than you guys seem to have. Terra's just a fun medieval story. I enjoyed Count Grendel and agree that he had a Sheriff of Rottingham feel, and the Gaff Vendicke is so over the top that I find him a delight to watch. Sometimes scenery chewers are just fun. The Pirate Planet is good and has some great ideas. Adam's humor is just fun. However, it could have been better realized and could have been refined a little more, maybe. Otherwise, good coverage of the key to time. After I finished Key to Time on TV, on DVD, I went ahead and listened to the second season of Fourth Doctor Adventures featuring Mary Tam before moving on to Destiny of the Daleks. I listened to the opening of episode 411 in case my feedback was there. It wasn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> However, because of this, I caught that Sean had just finished watching Voyager. If I get you mixed up, I apologize in advance. No, that was me. You're right. Yep. I love Voyager. I'd say it has to be my favorite Star Trek series. 
It has an ongoing arc, trying to get home, that Next Gen didn't really have, and it's the series that I used to watch all the time on Spike TV. As to the question of how I found you, I can't remember if it was the Doctor Who Podcast Alliance or just random Google searches for Doctor Who Podcasts. It was one of the two. And Sean, I'm not a sheep. I listen to music, <laughs> audiobooks, and podcasts. That's a big throwback. <laughs> Mostly audiobooks and podcasts. Mainly on my SanDisk MP3 player, and sometimes on my HP laptop or Android phone. Hold on, I feel like we should pause here for a second. Uh, have we mentioned that after all the sheep conversation early on in the podcast, Sean now has his own iPod? Yeah, yeah, no, we haven't. No, You're right. Yeah. You're right. No, that's got to be addressed, Sean. Sean does, has does, does it really an iPod. count if I'm seven, eight, ten? How many years before? It, when did you have yours? It doesn't matter, Sean. <laughs> it doesn't matter which version or how. Two thousand six, two thousand seven. I think. I okay, so it's now twenty nineteen. <laughs> I got it late twenty eighteen. <laughs> 12 years behind the <laughs> curve? Does it really still make me a sheep? What is it? Is it even a... That's it? That's it. See, but now, Sean, it's easier to go without an iPod than previously. That's true, because... I've migrated most of my stuff except for Big Finish I, and I some upgraded music to, to my phone. I upgraded to an iPhone, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's still sheep, according to him back in the day. <laughs> I, at the time, I had an iPod and an iPhone, I yeah. think, for a while. Yeah. You're such a sheep. Anyway, you, sorry. Do you, do you remember you and Dave sitting there having the engraving on the back of your yeah. iPod oh, discussion? Yeah. It yeah. was free. <laughs> Sheep. Uh, on the subject of the Series 6 finale, River has her own series now from Big Finish called The Diary of River Song. Of the four or five box sets out, I've listened to the first three. The third features the fifth Doctor and Madame Kavorian and is quite good. The first is also enjoyable. The second one was fine, but it was the weakest so far. Also, the silent has appeared. The silence have appeared in an audio box set in the new unit range. <laughs> That'll be fun to figure out how that works in audio. <laughs> Volume three unit. Well. Silenced. I enjoyed it and thought it added to the lore of the silence well. Definitely filling in the gaps of what happened after Day of the Moon. You've listened to it, right? Yeah. Keith? Yeah, yeah okay. It's good. That's right. Another thing I've noticed is that you often have links in your show notes of places or things mentioned in the episode. A large chunk are offline or removed. Oh. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that either. Uh, I don't know if you wanted to consider maybe assessing them. Well, we will now. <laughs> Sounds like a great quality improvement project. <laughs> uh, I think probably what I'll do is I'll put a note uh, somewhere on there that says links may not be longer available. I, I think you have to, to kind of forgive us a little bit there. Uh, Jameson, the we cannot be held responsible yeah, I mean, for other people's <laughs> websites. Keep in mind, you well, and keep in mind, you are way back in the past when those things were active. And that's that's pretty pretty common for other websites that are that are blog based like ours is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was only eight years. Yeah, and, and some of those. I mean, if I went back, I could go back and clean those out. But if we mentioned that in a podcast that it's going to be there and it's not there anymore, then it makes it look like we either forgot to put it, which has happened before, um, or as you pointed out, the the links just are broken now and don't go to where they went years ago. So I think maybe what we ought to do for people that are doing what you're doing and, and, and popping back in is just have a perpetual note in there that says, you know, links may not be uh, available in the future. Not a bad idea. Yeah. 
Whoops. Thanks for pointing that out. I had never never considered that. Yeah. I'm listening to episode 41 on the unearthly child. In it, you mentioned that the doctor's love of Earth may be a subconscious desire to run into Susan again. Apart from the five doctors, there are two different versions of the Doctor and Susan's reunion, both featuring the eighth doctor. The first is a novel called Legacy of the Daleks and features McGann's doctor, Susan, and the Daleks, minus Davros, and the Delgado Master. I really enjoyed it. The second is a linked series of audio dramas from Big Finish, An Earthly Child, Relative Dimensions, Lucy Miller, and To the Death. We're getting there. We are getting there. close to those two. Also, there's a short trip featuring the Eighth Doctor trying to keep Susan from joining the Time War called All Hands on Deck. It was a what? There's a short trip. Short trip, okay. Oh, that's a very recent one. It must be a newer one. Yeah, it's very recent. Also, An Unearthly Child has a direct sequel in the Doctor Who magazine comic story, Hunters of Burning Stone, which was their 50th anniversary special. Torchwood. I loved Captain Jack and Doctor Who and thought I'd give Torchwood a shot. Be aware this was back in the early 2010s when I'd first discovered Doctor and was going back and re-watching New Who. I remember enjoying the first episode, then came back to the second episode. I skipped that and then watched most of the rest of the season, mainly just skipping a few questionable scenes like a large chunk of Out of Time. The ideas (laughs) tended to be interesting and good ideas, especially having gone back and read some of the episode synopses more recently. However, I just found it way too adult for my tastes. For context, I'm currently 26. I'm glad you guys like it, and part of me wishes I could like it too, but given the adult nature... Not everybody here likes it. (laughs) I don't hate it, but I'm not not going back and rewatching them anytime soon. Given the adult nature, and at least some of it wasn't necessary or doesn't seem necessary, Torchwood just isn't for me. I'm going to advise you to stay far, far away from Children of Earth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, I know this is rather late, but my top five introductory classic stories for fans of New Who are, in absolutely no particular order, City of Death, especially if they're Douglas Adams fans, and Unearthly Child, because everyone needs to see how the show began, Terror of the Autons, for the master, the TV movie, yeah, yeah. Nice transition, and Dalek Invasion of Earth, because it's a little shorter and faster paced than the Daleks, <laughs> and there's no I would chasm. Agree. I would agree yeah. with that. I do feel that the Doctor Revisited selections were good choices. Haven't gotten to your coverage of them, if there is some, yet. Hopefully it will be enjoyable. Also, if you were to introduce someone to the Big Finish audios, what would your top five introductory stories be? Pardon me if you've already done this at some point. Mine would be Blood of the Daleks, Parts 1 and 2, Spare Parts, The Fearmonger, Foe from the Future, Valley of Death, and The Marian Conspiracy. Again, looking forward to your Big Finish reviews. I've currently finished episode 43. Anybody want to tackle that one? Uh, Spare Parts for sure is in there on my top. Uh, we just listened to, listened to one recently that, that made it to the top of my list. and it, The it, white, uh, the Tom Baker one. Um, uh, was it? No, I, no, I think it was else. a Seventh Doctor story, wasn't it? No, it was the Leela <clears throat> and Tom, uh, the... Because they went down to the planet, and it turned out to be a vampire story. But then it wasn't. oh yeah, 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 yeah. What was that? Uh, uh, you're right. What was uh, that one? Uh, the second, yeah, uh, second one from season 
read. Yeah, that that whatever that was called. <laughs> that was that one definitely. That yeah, white, right. white, white ghosts. Yeah, for, yeah, white ghosts. Yeah, it was it ghosts. was it was for and Lila. You're right. Um, so that one is just I, I, I it's a loaded question because what would you introduce people to? I mean, if they're already familiar with Doctor Who, then yes, spare parts. Yeah. That one white ghosts. Um, I, I think, think line uh, at the end would be a line decent is a good one. Introductory story. Uh, except for that's that that it's has an, an anniversary. that has the five doctor syndrome where if you right. introduce somebody to classic Who with five doctors, even if they're fans of the series, then it's it doesn't work because there's way too much going on there, and way too much. Um, there's way too much fan service there, and so I think that that could could inadvertently work the same way. Even if you're a fan of Doctor Who, even of classic Doctor Who, you, you need getting to be a them fan into the big finish. Doctor Who to... but getting them into Doctor Finish, uh, big finish that way. There's a lot of uh, uh, as I guess my point is the Five Doctors relates to fan service to the series, as right. the big finish light at the end relates to the Big Finish era of stuff. So if right. you haven't been introduced to Big Finish, there's a lot of little pieces that I think you might miss. So because yeah, it, it, totally it, it, and it does connect, interconnect to the to the the TV series as well. But there's enough in there that kind of is, I think, Easter eggish enough that that it may get a little overloaded with yeah. those. Um, but it is a good one. It is a good story. It's 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 terrific. And then uh, uh, my other one on that list, uh, I, I agree with with uh, some of yours there. Fearmonger, I think no, I don't remember liking that one well. But uh, another one I would add to that list would be uh, the Spectre of Lanyon Moore uh, yeah, with the Sixth Doctor and uh, uh, Evelyn. Yeah, and uh, the Brigadier. Brig. Yeah, and Marion Conspiracy is a good one, and Blood of the Daleks is a yeah. good one. Yeah, and I, I didn't liked, care for Fear Monger I liked, much, but... and Keith will totally disagree with it because he's never been a fan of it. I liked Minuet in Hell as well. I think that's a good one. See, I was just thinking, chime, uh, not Chimes of Midnight, the very first one, Sirens of Time, Sirens of No, no, the very first Eighth Doctor one. Sorry. Oh, Eighth Doctor. Uh, uh, that wasn't the Cyberman a, story, of, was it? No, sort of Orion? Orion's the second yeah. one. Yeah. What's the, it's the R101 with Charlie. What yeah, is the name yeah. of it? <laughs> that one I would probably introduce. <laughs> we're so bad at titles. I, I, I think well, we've got the would... internet right in front of us. I don't know where we're looking things up. I think it uh, kind of would depend for me on what to in- recommend based off of what they what their tastes are in Classic Who. Or if they're just interested in Big Finish and don't have much experience in audio dramas in general, then I'd probably recommend like the Tenth Doctor Adventures. Some and they're very familiar with New Who, so they're it's something new and familiar for them, so they can get used to the format. Yeah, I think yeah. I think they've done a really good job with the first volume of the Tenth Doctor, introducing people to the new format for this new era of people that would come in that would never have listened to it before. Yeah, I think I'd have to include Invaders from Mars. Oh, Invaders from Mars was a good one. Yeah, we of course you like but, that one yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's <laughs> kind of War of the Worlds connection. Uh, the War of the Worlds connection and the Eighth Doctor could be that. Um, I'm still, I still am riding high over um, what's the two-parter with um, the lead into Orbis. Um, Storm Warning is the Storm Warning. One. Thank you. Storm Warning. Or yeah, the Eighth that Doctor. Was the, one. Eighth Doctor's uh, first one. the one where uh, Morbius comes back with the Eighth Doctor. Well, that, is, that was good. That one yeah. was a good one. Hot House, I thought was a fun one with the Eighth Doctor. Um, and then I'm, I, I'm I, hesitant to introduce any Eighth Doctor. Other than the beginning of runs, that's just it. Is you don't necessarily agree. want to yeah. drop them, especially with since that one's you got can, so much of the. Yeah, there is. A, you can a, with Charlie up arc. until Neverland. 
Zagreus, whichever one comes first. You can kind of start to you can you can jump in a little bit more there. Oh, totally the entire divergent universe. Yeah, just inter- uh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's he's doing that tongue in cheek. No. <laughs> but those stories there's a character arc for Charlie and them growing together, but there's yeah. not as much of a story arc yeah. right, to focus right. on. Agreed. Um and then I'd I'd have to put a sixth doctor one in there. Uh, well, Doctor Who and the Pirates. Yeah, well, <laughs> no, I, that's not when you introduce no, to you somebody to Big Finish no. because if they listen to that and went, what? No. But if you've listened to Big Finish and then you listen to that one, you have a much greater appreciation. Uh, a a, a sixth Doctor and Evelyn one, but I'm not sure which one. Probably, I, I would go Project, Marian. Project Twilight. That's the one that took place on the. No, no, that's not. What was the uh, the Dalek one that was part of Dalek Empire when they were doing the crossovers on that? That that's Marion Conspiracy. Marion Conspiracy. You're right. That's what it was. No, called. I thought Marion Conspiracy was purely historical. Wasn't that her very first one? Oh yeah, that was. You're what right, was yeah, the, was. The, the 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 Dalek one where we figured uh, it? We found out that she it's her DNA that's her the DNA reason why uh, the Eye of Harmony <laughs> opens with the not <laughs> Jubilee. Eye. No, although there's oh, another good, good one, one there. Too. Blood Tide's a good one to introduce also. Uh, oh yes, yeah. Silurians. <laughs> and the mascot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Marka. Yeah. All right, let's 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 move on. <laughs> Arrangements for war was that it? No, that's later. Go, you got to go earlier for. Just type in Dalek Empire one, because those were Apocalypse Element. That's, that's it. Apocalypse one. Element was good. Yeah, that was that. a good one. Okay, um, back to the email here. I've noticed that your episodes are getting shorter these days. I <laughs> went and looked at the top six pages of your website. Rather than the one-and-a-half to two-and-a-half-hour episodes that you were having in the early days, most now seem to be under an hour. Have you been cutting out your rants and tangents? Because those are sometimes the best parts of the episodes. <laughs> Remember when you spent almost half an hour ranting about light bulbs? Or spent a large chunk of two episodes discussing how bad teachers have it these days? That was seven years ago. I enjoy your thoughts on Doctor <laughs> Who, but... I also find most of your side rants at least as entertaining, if also not interesting. Final question before I reply. Have any of you been watching the Arrowverse, especially since John Bowerman appears as the primary villain of Arrow Season 1 and Legends of Tomorrow Season 2, as well as a secondary villain in Arrow Season 3? Oh my gosh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I don't have to now. Thanks, Jason. Um, also, do any of you watch Legends of Tomorrow with Arthur Darrell? So both of you are nearly current no, on the DC no, shows. No, no, I am nearly I, current. You're on nearly the DC current. Shows. I have dropped off of Supergirl and Arrow this season, but I'm up to date on everything. I'm, else. I'm a couple seasons behind almost everything now. Okay, you know. I made it. Uh, I'm three episodes away from finishing Arrow season one, and that was about. <laughs> Three years ago. <laughs> and that's as far as I made it. Not because I didn't find the show interesting. I just kind of petered out and got stuck with other stuff. I still plan on watching it. I just haven't yet. Yeah, Legends yeah. of Tomorrow is a lot of fun. That's why I keep hearing. Now, the part of my feedback you've all been waiting for. Answers to your replies. Be aware that my watch along has taken me over three years so far, and the missing episodes I consumed through audio. Mm. I've gotten all my Who DVDs through my local library, and the only Who-related items that I've actually purchased have been a handful of Big Finish that my library system was unable to acquire. You have an awesome library. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll, I'll throw yeah. that out there. Uh, on a side note, the Paul Sprague link hasn't yet appeared in the show notes. I'm not sure what that link is. <laughs> I don't remember what that would have been in reference to. For your questions of me, first, I'm a guy. 
I understand it's the name's history. It was originally a guy's name before becoming popular as a girl's name. In any case, my full name is Jameson, but I usually go by Jamie. I've decided that I will listen to the opening of the episode where my feedback appears in order to give you a semi-prompt reply and then save the rest of the episode for when I watch it, reach it in chronological order. And your oatmeal joke can't work because I will always be listening and writing you from the relative future. Besides, I don't need oatmeal. My plan is to collect my thoughts and comments as I progress through the backlog and then add my replies to the end of each new feedback. At the time of this writing and where I am in the podcast, you have nothing but good to say about Stephen Moffat and at times feel like Moffat apologists. While I will save my Moffat rant for another letter, as this is already getting way too long, I will be interested to see if your opinions change as you progress through the Capaldi years. The whole hybrid arc was Moffat's most confusing and least rewarding, at least for me. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the matter. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy Moffat and some of my favorite episodes are written by the guy. I see that you've done a retrospective on the entirety of Moffat. I look forward to hearing it. Might save my thoughts until then. You mentioned gaps between seasons of Broadchurch, so I assume you've seen it. If you've already commented on it in the run-up to Series 11, then let me know and I'll get there at some point. Uh, Keith has watched yes. all of it. Yeah. And I've only seen the first season. You've seen the first so season. Far, I've yeah. seen none of it. Uh, anyway, I think I've commented on it as I watched it, so yeah, you'll get there. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. I apologize for being so long. There's just a lot of questions and or comments that I wanted to put to you guys. Plus, my replies to your comments on my previous feedback. Great show as always. Keep up the good work, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. P.S. I have no interest in the number one fan competition. (laughs) (laughs) However, it might be fun to have whoever claims to be in the running address their feedback in the manner of Lord President or President-elect of Gallifrey which are as follows. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, he, he includes it. Ah, that's a lot of words there. The president of the Supreme Council of Gallifrey and all her dominions, holder of the wisdom of Rassilon, preserver of the Matrix, guardian of the legacy of Omega, or president-elect of the High Council of Time Lords, keeper of the legacy of Rassilon, defender of the laws of time, protector of the galaxy. I think we could easily turn that into... Number one fan. <laughs> yes, agreed. We'll figure out a way to do that. We should have a contest for that to see if we can. Yeah, there you go. Now yeah. I kind of want that on a t-shirt. Oh, <laughs> oh business cards. <laughs> That's it for feedback. Well, we're actually going to do something a little different this week. Um, I'm going to mix up Sean's schedule because he, he's, so, he's very good about keeping the schedule up. And then I always seem to kind of figure out a way to kind of mash things off and push them on uh we're going to talk a little oh, bit let's be honest my schedule is a very <laughs> well-constructed wall it's brick laid and mortar and it's, it's masterful it's and like you come in like the it's Kool-Aid like man. a house of cards <laughs> and i like to pull that bottom card out every time uh no i thought what we'd talk about this week is that uh, uh radio times uh article um what was it called keith 11 things fans want in season 11. Yeah, so we thought, thought we'd talk a little bit about that with this that this week instead. We thought that'd make for a pretty good pretty good topic. So Smell an ambush. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? Do you guys agree with the 11 things? No. <laughs> Despite Sean? what our Facebook page says. Okay. So, <laughs> Sean agrees with the 11 I, things. I, 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 I feel, and I do to not. be fair, I don't agree with all 11 things. No. I, I, I feel like I need to comment on this. So I saw the article and I read it and I felt the article in the Radio Times, I felt it was well presented. 
I felt I didn't think it was divisive. It wasn't one of those clickbait attack pieces, which so frequently within Doctor Who fandom, you tend to get those things. It was an article that was written from the standpoint of they asked, what do you guys think about the new season? And fans replied, which automatically you're asking for trouble there normally. (laughs) But fans replied with things like, well, we'd like to see more two-parters. Okay, yeah, I could go. I, I mean, not not a whole season of them, but you know, just you know, more two part. I don't have a problem with that. No, what? The, so here, let me, <laughs> let me break it down even simpler. What they responded with was, "We want Peter Capaldi there back." <laughs> Pretty much every single answer was they want what Moffat had done previously. Well, you could argue that you could, well, you could, you could argue that we want two parters. We did that a season. You already, can, you can argue that they did that in the Matt Smith era. And then you can argue they did that in the well, Russell T Davis era too, yeah. because there so, would, they so would, they would go one, two, they go two parter. And then they go one, two, two parter, one, two, two. So that was a bit of formula. that has been around for a while. That's but, why people are missing it because but, it doesn't feel well, not, that way. Not, I'm not saying just the two parters. I'm saying almost every single bullet point is, well, yeah, yeah. we want, Doctor Who to return to what we know instead of being something new and different. See, I disagree. I, I, I think. <laughs> so, okay, here are the bullet no, points. Just... Go, go ahead and read off the bullet points. Go ahead. So the first one is more two-parters, long episodes, and cliffhangers. I'll agree. I'll, I'd like five minutes longer of an episode. Or <laughs> I would take a couple cliffhangers, or a couple of uh, two-parters if it would improve the story. Next one is more Daleks and other old monsters. Wait, and cliffhangers. You forgot about and, that. And cliffhangers. Well, that comes in part and parcel with two-parters, in my opinion. Yeah. And we did have a cliffhanger. Very first episode, we had a huge cliffhanger. Yeah, one. Well, <laughs> in ten episodes, that's a tenth of the episodes had cliffhangers. <laughs> <laughs> a poorly resolved cliffhanger. Well, but go, go ahead. So were a lot of Moffat's. <laughs> no, 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 well, 90, 90% of it's, Doctor it's Who the, is poorly resolved yes, cliffhangers. It's, so. <laughs> it's the next one. And I and I, I, I this is coming from me that I don't think the... I think that the, the title's very misleading, and I don't agree with the title of it. More Daleks and other old monsters. Okay. Nobody is screaming for more Daleks. Maybe, yes, old classic monsters, but not more Daleks. I, Nobody's I, screaming for more Daleks, I, I except agree. for me. I, this I, is I, the first bullet point where I said, nope, I don't agree with this article. I, I agree with part of that. Would I like to see more old monsters come back? Yeah. Do I want to see all old monsters? No. Do I want to see 15 Dalek episodes out of 16 episode season? No. I'm, 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 you did one good Dalek episode. Okay, great. Fantastic. Shelve them again for a while. You you gotta let those things lie. You know, as, as we've discussed before, the Cybermen, oh great, do you have a Cyberman worthy story? Don't trot them out unless you're gonna wow me, you know? Oh, but you want to bring the Draconians back? Well, okay, that could be cool, because we haven't gotten tired of them yet. So that that's all I well, and, and to that point, I think you can. I think the hesitance of bringing back classic villains is uh, another thing that people are asking for. Is you know uh, more the that callback and fan service. But I think that I think what they're worried about is if they trot out old villains, then they will disconnect with the new viewers that aren't familiar with these. But that being said, you don't have to disconnect from your new audience if you brought back the Draconians. And you just didn't dwell on the fact that it's a returning, uh, you know, a villain. Then suddenly you've introduced a new adversary to a whole brand new group of people 
that have no idea that draconians were a past villain. to them it's it's like the weeping angels hey you just introduced and and it it, it gets you know some more traction and it gets more I, so i agree with that i think the, the the problem that i have with let's bring back old villains is if you start de- diving deep back in the well of continuity then you do lose some of those new viewers where it's like well i feel like i need to go back and watch 50 years of classic who in order to catch up with this it just depends on how it's done if you yeah, look at something yeah, like I, the silurians which were basically soft rebooted and 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 very easily right, explained right. into the thing uh, another, boom done and everybody's a, a great example of why yeah. you could bring the draconians back as and well the, and the draconians also I, I really don't understand why of all the monsters the draconians fit so perfectly into the new who model they would work so well as a returning villain i really don't understand plus they've got fantastic makeup they're not one of those problematic i mean when i look at sorry when i look at uh, 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 uh doctor who monsters i would have totally gone with a draconian before i'd have gone with a zygon in a heartbeat from a, a simplicity standpoint, even, but, um, I well, uh, but I see, mean, from I, a story, storytelling point, if you want them to, if you want somebody that's going to shape shift and, and meld into society, <laughs> use the psychons and have, the draconians, have, you'd have to write an entirely different story. And so they didn't, they right. didn't but you could have done a Ruton too, and not shown, you could have done a, a, a CGI Ruton a lot easier than you do a big rubber, yeah, but then it's it's just a blubberly blob, and then I'd rather see the sucker monster. So I mean, it's, right? But yeah, I, again, I did, when we we talk about production value in classic Who, and we talk about bubble wrap, and you know, we, we we've talked about fake looking monsters. We've talked about, and that's one of the things the show has. We like it. We like the the charming, endearing. I thought the Saigons looked great. I, I don't think they, they look do. rubbery sucker monsters they, they at all. Do, I mean, but they're, I mean they're, obviously we're sucker monsters. They they, 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 there, there is there is a, a pretty big litany of bad who monsters. The Zarbi, the you know, you could go the down Slavine. the Slavine. the Slavine, the well, that was even a new series. The dinosaurs. oh, you're talking about the classic series. Yeah, if, if you're going to bring something back, there's there's a, there's a bunch of dogs out there that would not translate well. Well, the Zarbi would be great because then you could do them all CGI and right. do them right. I think it'd be that's a great idea. But I, I think the well, Draconians we're, we're, are we're dwelling here. We're dwelling way too I'm, I'm, I'm for more classic monsters coming back, but the way I read this section, there's not a mention other than Cybermen and yeah. Daleks. Yeah. So I, when they say old monsters, I assume they mean old new series monsters. I, that's what I and have. If that's, that's the case, no. That's what yeah, I, I had. I want to see the no. silence and the Weeping Angels. Yeah, yeah no, that's no, what no. I had. That's what so I took issue with. That's why I said this bullet point is the first one I disagreed with. The next one is returning characters. Again, I disagree with, unless it's classic series. Um, so they, they're they wanting people like Captain Jack or uh, Rose, River Song, to come back. And that's one of those things that fandom is, you know, there's a, there's a chunk of fandom that has never gotten over Rose leaving. And they're just going to have to deal with it, that she's gone. Could she come back? Yeah, I suppose somebody could get their druthers up and write a Rose story. Do I want to see her come back? No. Would I like to see Captain Jack come back? Yeah. I'd be fine with Captain Jack, especially now that the Doctor's a woman. I think that would be a fantastically interesting dynamic. Would I like to see Susan come back? Yeah, I really would have liked to have seen Susan come back with Capaldi just from a uh, dynamic acting standpoint. I think that would have been really interesting. But, I, you know, Jamie, let's bring Jamie McCrimmon back. Let's bring, you know, I, there's so many characters that could conceivably come back into the fold. Why not? It doesn't have to be River, but it could be. It doesn't have to necessarily be one of those fan favorites that people seem to be clamoring for. But I'd be okay with it as long as they come up with a good story and a good reason to do it. 
Yeah, see, I disagree because I think for 50 years, how many times did we see characters come back? We saw them come back in the anniversary specials. That was it. Yeah. So it it yeah. didn't it did it, it's not like we're used to that in classic who it wasn't until the new series yeah that exactly we, saw we brought back Sarah Jane and then in frequently. the Sarah Jane Adventures we brought back Joe Grant and then you know uh, the again peripherally we brought back the Brigadier and Sarah Jane Adventures and, and people loved that don't get me wrong but that's where you know that kind of thing started happening it well you know we had. Uh, uh, the the 50th anniversary, not the 50th, uh, the 25th anniversary special, uh, the Five Doctors, or 20th anniversary special, the Five Doctors, that brought back a bunch of old companions, but we didn't have anybody rotating in any other time. So, uh, again, I, that comes down to returning characters when they when they point this out and what fandom is calling for is Captain Jack, Rose, They're calling for all new River, River Song, Clara. Nobody's, to... nobody's asking for Clara back. Um, <laughs> I, I am. Um, you know, those kind of things. So, yeah, again, I disagree. I don't think we need to see people like Captain Jack. River Song ran her course. I think she's done. I think they, they did a fantastic job of wrapping that up. Don't bring her back again. Uh, yes, there are some interesting things they could do with that because of the fact that it's her relationship to the Doctor, but no, I don't. I don't think we Leave need it. The big I think finish for novels. So. Introduce some. Well, some even, uh, introduce even, some yeah. new, really great yes, characters. Exactly. I, I'm 100 percent with you on that. If, if uh, River, in particular, we got the swan. I didn't want River to come back with Capaldi. We had the swan song. We were done, and then we got a beautiful postscript. It turned into the perfect capstone for her for the for River's swan song. You know, <laughs> moment. And it was like, okay, now I'm done. Now I'm really, really done. I don't want to see it again. And if they brought her back, you'd really have to knock me, you know, just over the moon for that story. But if you did come up with a story that was that good, would I complain about it? No. But it's that's the key. The plot has to come first. You can't go into it thinking, I'm going to do this. You'd have to have the rationale for bringing that character back in order to make it work. If you're doing it as the publicity stunt of, hey, we got Rose back, well, then... Next one is uh, give us some jokes. I thought this season was plenty funny. Um, yeah, I think so, too. I don't... I, I, it's it's not the very clever, almost on the verge of slapsticky that we... I, I, I'm not saying we had slapstick comedy in, in the uh, uh, Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi era, but it's on the verge of that sometimes. that's There's a more physical humor. There's more... Um, that that awkward, uh, uncomfortable situation put somebody in an uncomfortable situation, and then haha, that's funny. Which worked. It worked great. It worked great with Matt Smith. It worked great with um, uh, Peter Capaldi. I don't think that would um, work great for this team. Yeah, uh, the jokes that they're telling, or the, the 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 funny lines that are landing this season, are perfect for this season and perfect for this crew and this cast. And I think that uh, uh, I think the jokes are already there. People just it's not the same type of jokes that worked with a. An well, older it's, companion it's or not a bumbling, the jokes they're familiar you know, with. right? Yeah, yeah. It's not the jokes you're familiar with. That's what it boils down to. That's what all of these are. You, yeah. Keith's exactly right. They want their familiar Doctor Who back. Uh, more of an arc. There was an arc. There absolutely was an arc. It was a character arc. This at is, least for Graham. Yeah. And Ryan. This is this is there the wasn't one that, much one for the Doctor or Yaz. And I agree. There needs to be more. of This one. is the one I, that yeah. And I I come down on that with. Uh, 
I don't think there needs to be the complex, complicated, overdoing it arc that Moffat ended up falling into a trap into doing. He he did a few seasons where he had some really clever arcs going on. And then he had ones where I think he really got almost too clever for himself and they got very complex and complicated and kind he of had to kind of himself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I don't want to see a return of that. But I agree with Keith. I think there was an arc this season. It's 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 more subtle, it's more subdued. And it's about um, characters, not and about it story. Is. And so I, I was, yeah, I, I was fine with that. I don't think it needs any more of that. But if they added more of an arc, I wouldn't be disappointed with it. But that's not something I'm clamoring for because I don't think it was missing in the first place. Right. Bring back the cold open. And I like the fact that there's no cold open. I like the fact that we start with credits again. It's, you know, and it's it's a nice nod back to the classic series without and being not over. every episode of anybody else's series had cold opens. No. There's a bunch from 20, uh, 2005 to present. Well, the well, present Victoria season. Victoria currently still no cold open. Yeah, that, that did not have a cold open. It, it opened with the, the credits and that was I it. I think all so. of Broadchurch started with just credits. So I think that's what uh, Chibnall's format was. Yeah. But, so, no, I, I I think bring back the cold open is a, is a, is a stupid reason to be upset with Doctor <laughs> <laughs> Next one is shake up the companions. So, in other words, drop one or two. Put them in a washing machine. And go <laughs> shake them up. Spin them dry. So okay. I don't. I don't. I don't think we need to shake up the companions because I like the dynamic that we have. I just think Yaz needs to become a bit more forefront, and Ryan and Graham need to step a bit more in the background. See, shake up the companions. In my mind, I don't necessarily want to see them drop anybody. But I do want to see them restructure how they focus on them. Or possibly realize that, yeah, maybe three is, is, is too many. In, in, in the history of the show, when we've had three companions in, the, in Team TARDIS, we, we had Ian, Barbara, and Susan. And that one worked for me. Although not in every story. But not in every story. There generally was at least one companion of that group usually susan that always got sidelined and then uh going into the fifth doctor's era which we always talked about somebody getting sidelined for something because there was a guest star coming in and this season has very much felt like the fifth doctor era to me where we've got a guest star coming in but not being given as much to do as maybe they could be and definitely sidelining one or two of the other characters so yeah, I kind of agree with that, and I, th- I think it'll be interesting. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see next season both Ryan and Graham kind of taking a back seat while we do build an arc for Yaz, which, okay, that would be good because it would, you know, help flesh her out and give her something to do, but then I would also feel a little cheated that the other two are not getting as much. Well, I think so, if, if they'd still get an occasional episode, kind of like Yaz got one or two this time, if they get one or two next time and Yaz gets more focus, I think that's another think that thing. Work well. I think this is another thing to pick on <laughs> Doctor Who about because if you look at shows like Star Trek, you look at shows like um, Sequest, you look for 
they are, they were always ensemble casts. They never gave everybody something to do That's every true. week. They would focus on characters. Now, I understand you guys' point of Yaz probably hasn't gotten enough this week. That doesn't give you or this year. That doesn't give any. That doesn't even give, give any credence to drop anybody else no, no. because, and that's what Not a lot drop. of these. That's what a lot of these comments yeah. were. Well, I if you know, drop this person or drop this person or drop. The, no, there's there's no reason for that because there's already precedent for ensemble shows that utilize maybe they utilize a little better. You know, you might have the focus on somebody one week and then you shift the focus. Yes, they could do a better job of that. But yeah. shaking up the they characters sh- or or, or sh- dropping them, saying this is tr- crowded Tarnus syndrome. No, it's not no, crowded Tarnus syndrome. It's it's let's utilize the characters just a little bit better. Yeah, I'm just saying they need to to share the spotlight a little bit more. But that's just it. What you just said, Star Trek is an ensemble show. Doctor Who, at least up through now, has never been an ensemble show. Yeah, but you can make it work as an ensemble show based on what we've seen before with other shows. It could become an ensemble show, but if it's going to be an ensemble show, I don't think you can make it work as an ensemble show by focusing on two characters for a whole season. And then switching it out to another set of characters. I don't think that'll work. I think you've got to. No, no, I, 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 I totally agree. I think a better balance throughout the season. That's that's my point. Is yeah. that I think that people have a a good argument that Yaz was under underserved and underutilized last season, but what they needed to do is they needed to kind of alternate the the attention that they were giving to certain characters, and I I, I think ultimately that would balance that crowded TARDIS out a bit more. So. And the argument could be made, too, that you, you don't care because the show is not called Companions in the Magic Box. The show is called Doctor Who. <laughs> That's who, you know. And, and as uh, Andy Cartmel said, you, 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 you know, you can't have all the mystery taken from this person. But so much of the show should be about how the companions react to these adventures with the doctor and how the doctor. Which is exactly why it's, so. it's great to have more companions on the TARDIS. And tell more balanced stories from right. the companion's point of view. You just made my point. Well, the next one is a different side to the doctor. So, one, some of these quotes include, "We'd like to see more shades to the Rebel Time Lord." So basically, they want Peter Capaldi back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or want her to act, or, or, they want her to act like a previous doctor, or even or David Tennant. Doctor. David yeah. Tennant was the was a bit was, of the Rebel uh, yeah. Time Lord. They, they want. This actress to act like somebody else's doctor instead of being her own doctor. And see, I took that more from the standpoint of what we have all said, at least what, what I've said and that has been echoed here, is that I feel like Jody hasn't gotten her big moment yet. That that she, I, I still kind of feel like she's been reined in a little bit. And I think it's more the scripts have been let down, not necessarily her, because I like Jody. I like what she's doing. But I don't feel like she's had that haha moment. She hasn't been now, in the spotlight quite as much. That's too bad because I think she's had a lot of aha moments. That, 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 that's 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 my point. Of this is really you agree with this whole thing. I don't. And you, agree and you no no listen. You agree with this article and you agree with all of these points. And but you, for completely you are, different reasons. You are than the rest able. Of the fandom. Well, but you are able to support <laughs> all of these. Well, that's but that's my point too. Is when we say something, and I don't, I'm, I'm calling you out, but. Yeah, I am. Um, when you post on Facebook, a great article. We, you know, and it just it makes it sound like we all agree. We don't all agree. I well, mean, that's, that, that, that was that was the next fact, part that I was there's, getting. There's to. only a maybe an eighth of this 
article that I completely agree with the rest of fandom. And, and again, I don't think it was done very scientifically, which I think is what Keith was trying to point out is oh, that yeah. they just kind of, they, they gathered they what they, they kind of pick fans. and choose too. I mean, I don't think it was even, uh, it was almost, they, they asked pointed questions that, that they, they knew what answers they were looking for. And then they farmed the answers that they wanted to put in this article to make it more juicy and clickbaity. So yes, it one was answer, a very clickbaity article, despite what you said at the beginning. One answer I can't believe was more Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's going back to RTD era where everything's on earth. No, yeah. thank you. Give me alien planets. Give me different time periods. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> or, uh, 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 John Pertwee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that was an odd one. I I don't think we need to see more Sheffield. Make it that was scarier. probably all people from Sheffield. Right? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, make it scarier. The Sheffield. Here's one that I here's one that I can agree with. Here's one that I can agree with to a point. I think make it scarier. I think that 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 they there. I think there is a a lesser elevation of tension and fear in the series this week and i keep saying this week like we just watched this whole series this week um this season but i don't want every episode to be a fear her or not fear her <laughs> god man <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely don't want every terrifying. Oh <laughs> what was the one with the listen i don't want listen for, I don't want that kind of, you know, uh, what was the other one? You've got to uh, have a variety. Uh, what's the Weeping Angel story that everybody Blink. loves? Blink. I don't, I don't want that level of scary for the entire season. Maybe a few more peppered in there. Maybe a few more uh, tense situations or moments. Maybe they could elevate that a little bit more. But uh, uh, I don't want the entire series to be that, you know. So, right. But, yeah, maybe maybe that's one of the things that they could do is is, is at least – up the tension element of it a little bit more. That was probably something was missing this season. And I, I, so I can agree with that one. I just think it's funny that these fans want that. They asked, want it to be scary and funny at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you, I think you can have, you can strike a balance. Yeah. And the last one is a villainous end. This one. I didn't quite understand how this. the exits for the villains. They, they felt like they weren't handled that great. By that, what it, can you elaborate a little more? Because I could so I, extrapolate I think, out of this. I think the idea is just from podcasts and comments online. The idea is they don't like the fact that the villains a lot of times just kind of got away. Chris Noth escaped at the end. The the white boy in Rosa just kind of got sent off to wherever he wanted to go. They weren't they weren't they were they were allowed to escape more than be defeated. I think is the complaint. Oh, okay. What do you think of that one? I kind of agree. I, I, I think... But really, the biggest time a villain was defeated outright is Witchfinders. That's yeah. the one time where the villain wasn't either succumbed to their own idiotic... Idiotic... Idiocy. Idiocy. <laughs> uh, or tricked into defeating themselves or that they didn't escape. Okay. And the Dalek. Yeah. And the other part of it, too, is stronger villains. Because if you, you know, the old comic adage that, you know, well, uh, you know, a hero is only as good as his rogues gallery. Well, then you, you, you put that in terms of this. And when you have, oh, the tooth-faced guy, that's your your, your, your returning villain for the week. You kind of go, eh, it, it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't prop the doctor up as much. And so I think that's another thing that in my mind has kind of, not given Jody the moment to shine when you look at who she's going up against 
it, it, it doesn't feel like a rogues gallery. It feels like a bunch of second stringers. You okay. Know? I can see that. I and, don't, I never felt that way, but I can see the point. And, and so then not only are they not defeated, they're kind of just go to your room. <laughs> go, go, go get out. Well, and maybe it's part of that comes over with the, the, the more pacifistic type doctor that, 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 Whitaker's doctor is maybe that's the the level of you know you can't make her vindictive or or well I think I think it's part of the storytelling is the fact that she's busy dealing with whatever situation this villain has wrought and then therefore the villain isn't you know she doesn't go confront the villain because she instead she's fixing the problem that they created now I'm also free very very willing to admit that we, we've seen kind of template doctors, I think, in the new series. I, I really genuinely believe that Matt Smith kind of took the second doctor as his template. There's a lot of shades of two in 11. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think, well, he's admitted that. Yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot of three, in a way, in, in Capaldi. I, yeah, not just in, yeah. you know. So we, you kind of get that kind of stuff. And I think it's probably very easy, not just in structure, but in mannerisms, to see a lot of five in 13. I think Jody has a lot of Peter Davidson kind of elements to her. And you see a lot of 4 and 10. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're you know, I I I'm grow, you know, as as we've gone through the show, Peter Davidson's really grown on me as a doctor, but he's still he's not my favorite. I mean, you guys know this. It's it's a struggle sometimes for me to do that. And I don't wonder maybe if that's where some of my struggles with the current season are at is because it's so similar that maybe that's just what's triggering it is uh-huh. that it's, you know, because it is kind of pacifistic okay. because it is kind of this and it's just kind of calling all that stuff back to it. So that could be part of it too. Now of an official retraction <laughs> <laughs> because yes, I saw the article. I've been I read giving it. him a lot of credit this uh, well, last two it, weeks. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's justified. I saw the article. I read it. I did see things in there that I agreed with. And so I thought, Oh, okay, this is an interesting article and just posted it for our listeners not thinking about the fact that when I post to the Traveling the Vortex website, it posts as Traveling the Vortex. Yeah. It just, boom, done. Well, only the three of us can see who posted it. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, so it, 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 just, it just went up. And then suddenly there was this kind of brouhaha behind the scenes about, well, not all of us feel that way. Because, um, like I said, I, I, didn't, I didn't think of it in that you regard. You fell in. I knew you did. I knew you fell into the trappings of... Uh, when you see something, especially when you're looking from our perspective of the of the uh, Facebook page, and you can see posted by Sean, immediately you think people are going to think, "Oh well, Sean posted this." Sean posted so this. So these are my comments, and so I, uh-huh. uh, yeah, that's why I was, I that's and why I texted since... and I said maybe we ought to sign whenever we, because I'm not opposed to each of us posting our opinions on our Facebook page. What I think we should be very careful about doing is painting that opinion across the board. So. So, it, for, for the we don't record, want Sean to paint the picture that all of us hate Thirteenth Doctor. No, right, that wasn't right. it we, at all. We don't, we don't want people to think all of us hate the Thirteenth Doctor. That wasn't yes. it at all. For the record, no, I don't hate the Thirteenth Doctor. Um, <laughs> so but, series but, eleven. But for the record, yes, that post was me and was not re- <laughs> reflective of the other opinions uh, hosts of Traveling the Vortex. And any hate mail should be directed to Sean at TravelingTheVortex.com. <laughs> They had nothing to do with it, and I thought it was funny that you had to jury rig behind the scenes whatever you did to go in there and tag dash Sean. <laughs> Wasn't that hard? 
called an edit button. <laughs> oh, is that, I, I, you can edit things after you Sean post them, did, Sean. Sean didn't even know he could edit his <laughs> own I stuff. I, I don't know. How the, I don't know how the internet works. It just yeah, just tab edit Sean <laughs> save. There's, there's, there's this magic land out there that does I mean, stuff, yeah, it so. took me probably a good two hours to figure out how to get that in there and get yeah, your name well, on there. I, so. I apologize for creating more work for you. <laughs> so yeah, that one was on me, listeners. Uh, if you hadn't said anything. Nobody would have known that I went in there and signed your name to it. They would, they would just assume, oh, Sean took credit for this. No, I'm man enough to, I, I, I am man no, enough to admit when initially. I make mistakes. I'm man enough to admit when I make mistakes, and I'm man enough to admit that I don't know how to fix them. <laughs> <laughs> I rely on you for that. So uh, what do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean, now that we've kind of moved everything around? I don't know. <laughs> I can tell you. I used to know. <laughs> it's probably going to change, so why bother? <laughs> Tune in next week to find out. <laughs> Surprise! Let's see. Let's see what we spring on you next week. Um, Pretty soon the listeners won't know. They'll just show up. I wonder what they're going to talk about this week. <laughs> next week, the question of American independence will finally be decided. <laughs> um, I, I believe next week we will finally get to the Seventh Doctor stories. Operation Volcano, the Titan Comics miniseries, and uh, whatever the heck that silly big finish story is that I can never remember. Death Collectors. And Spider Shadow. And Spider Shadow. Yeah, two audios from Big So everything just kind of shifts back another week. Well, we get a good uh, another visit by the uh, Seventh Doctor, which I'm excited for because I am just slowly, slowly becoming a huge fan of the Seventh Doctor, so... There's still some stinker stories in the TV series, but uh, overall, I love, love The Seventh Doctor. All right. Well, Keith, if they want to uh, contact us and uh, get some feedback out to us, what can they do to do that? They can uh, send it directly to feedback at travelingthevortex.com, or if you're on our websites, uh, just click on the Send Us Feedback tab, or like Daniel, shoot us a tweet or direct message on Twitter or any form of social media. We're Absolutely. out there. Everywhere. And, and don't be afraid. If you want to send audio feedback, that's uh, encouraged as well. Uh, yeah. We'll take that uh, as well as, as written. Either way, we love it. Uh, we love to read it out. And we love to listen to it. So, um, And, of course, if people want to uh, help support the podcast, what can they do, Sean? Well, they can send checks and money orders and cash and uh, Stop shiny it. buttons. Stop it. How can they really do it? <laughs> they can go to uh, either our website and click on the button that says uh, become a patron, or they can go to our Patreon site, which uh, is out there. Um, it's easier, I think, to go to our website and do it that way. I think it's simply uh, patreon.com slash traveling the vortex. I think that's the easiest way to get it. It is, but then you have direct to spell. There. No, that's so. true. <laughs> and and if you're in the UK, we do spell traveling the American way. So <laughs> One L. Yeah. Uh, All right. But yes, you can go there and uh, donate some money, and it goes right back into this podcast and helps keep us on the air, paving for server space, et cetera. That keeps us on the interwebs, not necessarily the air. One day maybe we'll broadcast this somewhere, and then we won't make a liar out of you anymore. All right. <laughs> Is there anything else I'm we need? I'm not crazy, but I play one on TV. <laughs> Is there anything else we need to touch on before we close this one out? I don't think so. All right. Well, if that's going to do it for this time, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. Cheers. Good to be seeing you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> So weird, out of control. (laughs) Thanks for listening. So awkward. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.